Thanks again for listening to the WayBK podcast. I'm Ben Hall. I'm here with Caleb Churchill, and we're diving into the Gospel of Luke once again in Luke chapter 18. So if you're listening, it'd be probably a really good idea to grab a Bible so you can follow along, pause this, check Scripture, make sure what we're saying lines up with what God's actually saying in the Word. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're finding this helpful, give us a rating, whether you're listening on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever it is that you're checking in. Uh, if you think this is a two-star podcast, that's cool. Be honest about that so other people know what they're getting into if they come across it. Um, but that'll help us to be able to connect with other people who are seeking more knowledge of God's Word. That's what we're all about. We're trying to reveal what the teachings of Jesus are in connection with the contemporary challenges that we face every day here. So you'd be a friend to help us out by either checking in with us via our website, thewaybk.com, or on our Facebook page, The Way BK. Send us a message. Let us know what kinds of things would be helpful for us to talk about, or if you have any questions or maybe a concern about something that was said, help us out. Reach out and uh, subscribe, review, rate uh, on your podcast provider so that uh, we can be more helpful and make this more useful for you and for others. Uh, all right, with all that being said, today we're going to talk about prayer. Prayer is, this is kind of a dangerous thing to say because there's so many religions and stuff, but I mean, it's almost a universal thing. I don't think I've come across a religion that doesn't include prayer as part of its practices. And that's true for Jesus and his followers. But Jesus taught us that there are ways to pray and ways not to pray. And so we need to learn about that. So, uh, Caleb, when you think about prayer, what are some of the challenges or pitfalls or obstacles that we as disciples might come into? Uh, what do we need to talk about today with this? Well, one of the first things that I think about is a lot of people struggle with uh, what to pray. That is, you know, what do I say to God or how do I come to God and approach Him in prayer? Um, I often think about what, what should my posture be mm-hmm. when I come before God in prayer, and then you know, like actually physically, yeah, right? like yeah, like how should I even, uh, how should I be, what should I be standing? Should I be sitting? Should I be on my knees, on my face? Um, and and then even uh, even even I think one of the biggest struggles is what do I do when my prayers seem to be going unanswered? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, should I keep on praying for the same thing, and is that a sign that maybe I'm praying for the wrong things? Um, so uh, there's a lot of challenges that uh, we have when it comes to prayer, and I think that's why it's helpful to uh, look at the Gospel of Luke. Uh, this is and has been called the Gospel of Prayer because Luke gives so much emphasis to prayer throughout this Gospel, also in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. uh, the sequel to, uh, to this Gospel. Um, and we come again here in chapter 18 to uh, a place where Jesus is telling them a parable, um, a couple of parables actually, that are meant to teach us things about prayer. And this is one of the few places where Jesus, before he gives the parable, he tells us why he's giving this parable. Um, Luke tells us why Jesus is giving this parable. He says in chapter 18, verse 1, he's telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Um, And the parable goes, basically, it's uh, in a, a, a judge who's a godless judge. He's a selfish judge. He doesn't really care about fearing God. He doesn't care about other people. But there's this widow uh, that is such uh, so annoying to him um, that she keeps coming and begging for justice, for protection from her opponent. And so the it's kind of the picture is kind of like you can imagine somebody who doesn't have much strength. Um, but comes and keeps hitting you over and over and over again repeatedly. Um, like your that, kid, like yeah, keeps tugging on yeah, your shirt. Keeps like, grabbing dad, you. Dad, dad, dad. 
And that's, a, that's kind of the picture uh, and the language that's used here um, by the judge in verse 4. Um, for a long time, the judge is unwilling to give her what she wants. But eventually, he says, Even though I don't fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will eventually wear me out. Um, and so this is a picture of a man who doesn't really care about doing the right thing, doesn't really care about taking care of orphans and widows and people in need. But because he's just being constantly annoyed and he's constantly being bothered by this woman, eventually he gives her what she wants. And of course, Jesus says, hear what the unrighteous judge said. If that's true for this unrighteous judge, how much, true, how much more true is that for God our Father? When we, his people, are coming to him and we're praying to him and we're crying out to him for justice and we're, we're praying to him day and night, how much more will God be willing to give us what we ask for if we'll just be persistent in prayer? And Jesus ends the parable by saying, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And Jesus seems to be keying in on something. The fact that we don't persevere in prayer, the fact that I struggle to keep praying, might be a reflection at times on a lack of trust in God, um, that uh, God would really answer prayers. And I think about times in my life where um, I pray for something and God didn't give it, um, and sometimes I'm just quick to give up, uh, quick to think, well, maybe there's, uh, maybe, maybe God just doesn't want that or God didn't care about that. Well, maybe God is also interested in seeing how much we care about that and how persistent we're willing to be uh, in, in, in really asking him for it. God is not a God who is, who is up in heaven trying to, uh, trying to uh, simply uh, give us things that we don't want or when we ask for something good, he'll give us something worse. He's a God who actually cares about us and he wants to give us what we need. He wants to provide for us. And so we ought to be coming to him day and night praying all the time and not growing weary in doing that. So this is the hard thing, and I'm thinking maybe somebody's listening, saying, okay, I've been asking for blah, blah, blah thing for literally years, every day, and I do my best to serve God and all that kind of stuff. Like, this persistence thing is a big deal, because Jesus told a similar story in Luke 11 about somebody, a, a neighbor or a friend, come and knock on the door in the middle of the night, and Jesus said, You'd probably say, no, dude, I'm in bed. I'm not getting up. But merely by the persistent knocking, 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 eventually he would get up. And he's saying, hey, like, if God, don't you think God's better than just being annoyed? Like, God actually cares for you and everything. So this idea of persistence, as you're emphasizing, is a big point of emphasis for Jesus. But how am I supposed to reconcile that when I've done that? I've been really persistent, and I do believe in God. But it's like it's never cashing in. It's never making a difference. Like, what? How should I interpret that? Is it like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something deficient in my faith? Is what's what's the deal? Whenever those prayers go unanswered, yeah. So that's hard. That is hard, um, and it's especially hard because in our own hearts and our own mind, we we struggle with knowing: Am I praying for the wrong thing? Yeah. Or should I keep praying for this and just God's answer is wait? And we don't always know the answer to why God hasn't answered our prayers the way we want. What we do know is this. Uh, we do know in Luke 11, he says um, that w suppose one of your fathers, this is chapter 11 and verse 11, suppose one of your fathers is asked by his son for a fish, 
He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he's asked for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? Um, and then he says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's a couple of things there that are helpful for me in this. One is, um, even a good father understands that when his kid asks for something, the father may not give the kid what he asked for because the kid may be asking for something that's not always helpful. Okay. Honestly, everybody... There was probably a little uh, gap right there because at the place where we're recording, we're here in a reserved room in the library. The librarian came and moved us out. So if you're a librarian listening, uh, don't do that. It's not cool. Nobody appreciates that. Uh, but it's fine, actually. The library people here at the Brooklyn Public Library are super cool to us. Uh, anyway, what we were talking about before we got interrupted and now we're back here was a good father, when his kids listen to him, they're going to do, uh, he's going to do what's best for them was where you were going, I think. Yeah, and so one of the things that's helpful here is to remember that sometimes what we ask for uh, is not what's best for us. Yeah. Um, just like sometimes a child may ask a father for something, um, but the father says no because the father knows better than the child what, what is really helpful for them. Um, if I gave my sons uh, a Coca-Cola every time they asked for it, they probably wouldn't have any teeth left. Right. Um, so it's the same is true with God. Sometimes what we're asking for may not be good, and the Lord doesn't, doesn't answer our prayers because we're not asking for the right thing. Although, sometimes in the Bible, uh, the answered prayer comes at a much later date. Um, you might think about earlier in the Gospel of Luke, the story of uh, Zacharias, for example, mm -hmm. um, and uh, Elizabeth, where they've been praying all their life for a son. And then um, God comes to Zacharias much later in life and says, hey, your prayer has been answered. Um, and I'm guessing if I'm Zacharias there, I'm thinking, what prayer are you talking about? You know, <laughs> he probably didn't even remember that he prayed for that. But the Lord answered his prayer in his good time, in the, in the best time, uh, in the time that would fulfill his great plan. So sometimes that's, that's also true. And I think what's important for us to remember is uh, that God knows what's best. And the most important gifts, he promises that when we ask for them, he'll give them to us. Most importantly, the Holy Spirit and the gifts that come uh, in knowing the Lord and, and being able to become more like the Lord. God promises that if we ask for those things, he's a good father and he's going to give those things to us. So then the issue where Jesus says, hey, you better keep praying or else when I come back, if you're not praying, that means you don't have faith. The faith ultimately isn't in prayer per se, but the faith is in the Father and prayer is how we approach the Father. And so even if he doesn't answer, I keep on praying, just trusting that he's a good father and he's going to take care of me, which means he may not fulfill my request or it may be he delays my uh, request or whatever. Right. But that, uh, so maybe that, it sounds like that to me when you put this story together with what's taught in Luke 11, the issue is what is our faith in? If your faith is in prayer as a discipline itself, you're going to get discouraged and give up because yeah. you're not going to like, it's not going to get cashed in very right. quickly. So prayer is not some sort of magical thing you do. Prayer is an approach to the God who is a, a good father. And our faith ultimately is in a good father who we need to keep on approaching. Right. And God is not a vending machine. And prayer is not our currency to be able to punch in the right button and out pops whatever we want from God. Uh, ultimately, what God is looking for is he's looking for us to trust in him and in his character. Mm -hmm. 
which will lead me to keep talking to God, no matter whether the Lord gives me all the things I'm asking for in that moment or not. Uh, truth be told, as we reflect back on our lives, probably most of us can think of things that we pray for that we're thankful God has not answered <laughs> right. um, and God has not uh, given us in, in the moments that we ask for it. And the same is true. Uh, the same the same is true today. When God's not answering my prayers the way I want Him to, I need to keep trusting in His good character and trusting that He's given me what I need in the moment, and that He's going to continue to provide everything I need for Him. All right, this is helping me deal with the fact that my Atlanta Hawks didn't get Zion Williamson in the NBA draft lottery. So that's good. You yeah, helped me with that. Bro. Thanks for that. Appreciate amen. it. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, so persistence. That's one thing that's important from Luke eighteen. Uh, you said there were some more lessons though here besides the idea like you need to keep on going to the Father in prayer what else is this teaching us here in Luke 18 well I think also this is uh, just rem- this this parable the second parable starting in verse 9 through uh, 14 uh, Jesus tells us about how we ought to approach God in prayer and and in that particular parable he presents two men a Pharisee who, uh, who is standing up praying this to himself. And he says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, like swindlers, unjust adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Verse 12, he says, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all I get. And then on the other side, you've got this tax collector who's standing some distance away. He realizes he's unworthy. He's not even willing to lift up his eyes toward heaven, but is beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And Jesus looks at these two, uh, two men who are praying, and he says, actually, it's the tax collector who went to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Uh, And I want you to think about the significance of this parable. It says in verse 9 that Jesus told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. And this is exactly what you see in the Pharisee. Notice that uh, Jesus actually says um, he stood and was praying this to himself. And as you read the prayer, it's not even like, I mean, he's barely even addressing God at all. He's really just praying about himself. Uh, when you look at the adoration in this prayer, the only thing that he adores is himself. The word I is just used over and over and over. And the only thing he thanks God for is the fact that he's not like other people, not like this tax collector. Um, so this is, a, this is a, a, a person who is completely obsessed with himself. And he's obsessed with himself because he thinks that he himself is good enough to be righteous uh, because of who he is. He thinks that he has become everything that God wants him to become just just by his own great character and his own accomplishments. Meanwhile, on the other side, you've got this tax collector who realizes how miserable he is, realizes his desperate position, realizes that he's far from what God wants him to be. And because of that, He's, he's unwilling to even look up towards heaven. He's got his face down, um, but he's beating his breast and he's, and he's begging God for mercy. And I think this story is helpful because it teaches us about what prayer is supposed to really do to me. It ought to be that when I come before God in prayer, I bec- as, I, as I look up to God and as I, as I think about who God is 
I become more acutely aware of his greatness and his holiness, Mm -hmm. which leads me to that adoration and that view of who God is leads me to um, see how small I am and also how sinful I am. Mm -hmm. The more aware I become of God's holiness, you see this all throughout scripture, um, stories like Isaiah coming in the presence of God. When people become aware of God's holiness, they also become aware of their sinfulness. We even seen that in Luke um, when, with the story of Simon uh, after he caught all those fish and he says to Jesus, depart from me uh, for I'm a sinful man. So the, the picture here is the same. What ought to happen when we approach God in prayer is we, we are overwhelmed by God's goodness, his greatness, his holiness. And we're also, um, become acutely, we also become acutely aware of our own sinfulness, which leads us to beg God for mercy. If we're praying the right way, I guess, would be the caveat to all this, right? Like, it should lead us to that. Obviously, the first dude, he prayed also, but none of that stuff came to his awareness. He it was kind of like, his prayers you pointed out should read, God, you're welcome that I am so perfect. You know, yeah, like, good thing right. you got me around here. That's right. Um, and I think the difference is what are our eyes on when we yeah. pray? Um, again, he, the, the Pharisee, his eyes are on himself. The tax collector, his eyes are on, his eyes are on God which also reminds him of his own inadequacy, his own unworthiness, his own sinfulness, and leads him to, uh, to simply pour out his heart, his heart to God, seeking justification by God's mercy. And I think that's uh, a critical lesson that Jesus is trying to teach here, is that actually the way we get a relationship with God, the way we get made right with God, is not by our own goodness. It's by God's goodness. And our prayers should reflect that. As we approach God, we approach God. And, and one of the ways that, that uh, this, this manifests itself, as we saw in the last chapter, is with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I really am approaching God with a humble heart, I'm going to be thanking God um, for all the ways in which He has spared me and all the ways in which He has saved me and all the ways in which He's expressed His mercy to me. I'm not just thanking God for who I am. I'm thanking God for all that he's done to, to save me and to bring me to the point where I am today. And I'm begging him to continue to work on me, acknowledging that I'm not all the way there yet. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you, like the, the first parable here in Luke 18 teaches us to be persistent, trusting in the goodness of the Father, ultimately, combined with that parable in Luke 11, also of the friend at night and Jesus teaching and stuff. The second parable teaches us that our prayer should be um, God-oriented or God-driven, or I guess like Jesus said, praying in, in, in the will of God or in God's name. Like It needs to be thinking about His greatness, His goodness, His power in our lives, all that kind of stuff. And whenever we lose that, our prayers become ineffective. And whenever we lose sight of God and our prayers lose sight of God, then we become ineffective as disciples. It's just not going to work. That's right. That's right. That's exactly the problem. Is if, if my prayer is not God-centered and becomes me-centered... Um, then I lose the I lose the relationship with God. God doesn't hear the prayer, and I end up getting what in trying to exalt myself. I end up I end up uh, humiliating myself mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and disconnecting myself from the Lord. I think with all that, it also helps. I mean, obviously, these are like, hey, here's how your prayer should be. Um, for me, I found more and more that my prayers end up serving as sort of a spiritual barometer thermometer or speedometer or whatever of how i'm doing in my soul mm-hmm. when i'm not praying consistently or persistently 
then that tells me something. Like when I wake up one day, I don't know, I was like, I haven't prayed very much or very intensely or for several days maybe, other mm-hmm. than in meals or like designated times, you know, the quote, when you're supposed to pray times. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm really being self-reliant. I'm not trusting in God. I need to repent. <laughs> Ironically, I need to go pray about that and right. confess that to God, right? right? Or if my prayers are always, God, give me this. God, help me with this. I'm being kind of selfish and kind of self-absorbed. Or, you know, when I keep on apologizing to God, I know there was, there have been things at times, and I'm sure it'll come up again sometime, where I'll just repeatedly ask forgiveness for the same thing to God, which is kind of a slap in the face because it's kind of me saying, like, hey, God, I know you promised you forgave me last time of this one thing I did whenever, but I don't really believe you did, so I just need to ask you again to do it. You know, yeah. I, I, so, and that's teaching me that my heart isn't resting in his grace, you know. Yeah. So there's an element where we need to be driving toward our prayers becoming something, but I think these stories also help us see, here's what your prayer should be. So if they're not that, then that's helpful. It's not good, but it's helpful because it shows you some chinks in your armor spiritually in ways you need to pursue God in a better way in your heart, and that should be manifested in your prayers. Or I guess maybe another way to say is your heart is manifest in your prayers, and your prayers are one of your best places to test your heart and test your soul as far as how you're doing. I think that's right. And I think the parables that Jesus is giving here and in every in every case are meant to lead to self-reflection mm-hmm. and to examine my own heart and say, who am I really putting my trust in? Um, you know, when I don't pray, I would never say this to God. But what I'm saying when I don't pray is, God, I can handle this. Yeah, I'm good. I, I, I need you. I trust in me and I'm handling this just fine. Um, yeah, I would never say that out loud to God, but that's what my actions are stating mm-hmm. to God. Um, but when I come before God and I'm consistently, persistently praying day and night, begging God uh, for help, begging God for mercy, begging God to work in me, uh, and spending time in adoration and thanksgiving for confessing what God has done, my sins. confessing uh, the things that are wrong with me as the, as the tax collector does here, um, that, that's a sign that I'm working on and growing in my humility and and depending upon God. And Jesus is saying, those are the kinds of people that God is looking for, and those are the kinds of people that God is hearing their prayers, um, as opposed to the person who who simply prays whenever it's convenient or whenever he wants something, or or prays the kind of prayer that is really just uh, self-promotion. Yeah. All right, cool. So Luke 18 helps us with these two kind of dispositions or attitudes. One persistence born out of a deep trust in the Father. And then uh, secondly, this God-oriented prayer, not a me-oriented prayer, something that really is is in alignment with Him. Um, So let's say I'm kind of developing that and I'm working toward that, but I kind of, and I've heard people say this actually pretty frequently because, I mean, you and I both will sit with people, they'll talk about something, we'll say, well, are you praying about it? And 100 times out of 100, people will be like, well, no. And a lot of times, when you say, well, you should, and then people, if they're honest, they'll say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. It's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk back. Right. He's far away. I don't know him that well yet, or maybe I barely know him, or I just don't do it often enough. So how do we know what to pray for? Well, so Jesus actually gives his disciples, um, and I love this, his disciples came to him in chapter 11, and, and one of them said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples, which is the right question. Um, we ought to come to God and say, Lord, 
teach us to pray. And one of the best things I think you can do if you're in that situation where you're like, I really want to be more prayerful, I want to be more consistent in prayer, but I don't know how to do that, is just start praying through the prayers of the Bible, mm-hmm. reading through those, letting the prayers of Scripture teach you how to pray. Of course, the first place we got to turn is... And just real quick, when you, when you say it, you mean like read a psalm and like pray exactly that word for word or like read a prayer from some of the Old Testament and read it word for word or you mean like kind of read it and like reshape it a little bit or like what do you mean when you say pray the prayers of the Bible? Well, yeah, I mean by that you look at a prayer, you read it, you meditate on it, you learn from that and you examine and observe what is the psalmist or what is this person praying for? How are they approaching God? Um, and what kinds of different things are they doing in prayer and letting that teach you the, the way to speak to God. And then kind of like I do my version Correct. of what I see them doing. Correct. Best and I, I try to imitate that and put that into practice uh, as it relates to me and my gotcha. relationship with the Lord. And a great place to begin with that is, is where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray in Luke chapter 11 and verse 2 when he says, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive, uh, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who's indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. In this prayer, Jesus is teaching his disciples the kinds of things that they ought to be doing in prayer. Notice at the beginning here, there's an emphasis on um, praise and adoration, um, which I think almost every time I ask people, you know, of the, uh, the, you may be familiar with the acts of prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Um, uh, which part of prayer do you struggle with the most? Almost everybody says it's adoration. But actually, that's the first thing Jesus tells us that we ought to be focusing on when we pray. And I think there's a reason for that. If I skip that time where I am seeing God and praising God for who He is, if I skip over that, then I'm not going to see myself clearly to be able to confess whatever sins I need to confess to God. If I don't see God clearly, I'm not going to see myself clearly. Um, If I don't see how big God is, I'm not going to see how small I am. And I'm going to be more susceptible to having that Pharisaic attitude we saw in Luke 18 of becoming obsessed with me, which is also going to affect me and and lead me to not be thankful for the things that God is doing and to ask for the wrong kinds of things. Um, to ask for, uh, for self-centered uh, desires rather than what God wants. And, of course, and I'm never going to confess sin. That's right. Because how could I be sinning? Like, I'm perfect. Yeah, you know. there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with me, so why should I be right. confessing sin? Which then in turn, going back to Luke 18, affects my relationships with other people. Yeah. I start to look on other people with contempt because I'm not seeing God as who He is and I'm not seeing myself in reality as who I really am. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and it seems to me there's kind of, I mean, it's a, a very, back to your point uh, with the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, the importance of being God-oriented in our prayers and God-centered in our prayers. The first two lines in this, actually three in some ways, there's an admission of who God is. He's our Father. Like, that's special. Mm-hmm. Our God is not just a ambiguous spiritual thing out there he's a we have a personal relationship with him and an accountability to him just like a child has their father mm-hmm. and we're confessing that every time we come and say father hallowed be your name there's that adoration thing which the psalms spin out in much bigger ways than this compact statement jesus gives but there's this all the great things about god whatever great things you think he's kind or good or powerful or smart or whatever all those things but then the third one your kingdom come is also a, hey god i want your stuff to happen 
Yeah. I don't want my stuff to happen. I think you're more important than me. I think you're smarter than me. I think your stuff is a bigger deal than my stuff. So at the very beginning, each of those three little compartments of that first sentence um, are all incredibly God-oriented. And if we begin our prayers that way, acknowledging who God is, honoring God for who he is, and talking about God's stuff first before we get to our stuff, mm-hmm. I would think that would help me pray better. It would yeah. help all of us pray better. It's going to lead. It's gonna totally change um, the way I, what I ask God for and the way that I treat other people because I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to be asking God for everything that I want. I'm going to be asking God for what I need. Give us each day my daily bread um, and forgive my sins. Now that I'm acutely aware of who God is, I'm much more aware of my own sinfulness, which then leads me to be reminded that I ought to be, as God is being forgiving of me, I ought to be forgiving everyone who's indebted to me as well. Instead of looking with my nose turned up and, and some sort of scorn and, uh, towards, towards the people who, uh, who seem like worse sinners than me, I'm instead going to be forgiving them, having a heart of forgiveness, trying to reconcile them to God and bring them closer to God uh, rather than standing at a, dis- at a far distance uh, away from them and not wanting anything to do with them. Yeah. This prayer, or this, this model that Jesus gives is also helpful, I think, because it blends a lot of things that I think depend on your personality or your experience, or your exposure to the gospel, you're going to tend uh, to go to different polar extremes, right? Some people are always asking for their own stuff. Give me, give me this, this for me. Obviously, this one's all about God's stuff and my stuff. And also, actually, it's thinking about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, another set of polarities, I guess, I, th- I think can come up in prayer is uh, being very spiritual or being really carnal. Carnal, yeah. yeah. And this one, hey, uh, daily bread, you should ask God for that. In right. other words, the stuff you need to get through your day, and I don't right. I don't think, you know, you may have a different take on this, I don't think Jesus here is limiting it to only food right. and only one specific type of food, but he's, he said, pray in this way, like this, and there's a little bit of variation in the ways he teaches people to pray in different instances. Um, but here it shows it's a good thing to ask for the stuff that you need on right. a day-to-day basis. So when you got a big problem at work, you should pray about that. When you got something going on at home, you should pray about that. When there's somebody hurting or sick in your church, you should pray about that. Right. And James, later on, the brother of Jesus will say, hey, are you suffering? Pray. Are you cheerful? Sing praises. Yeah, are, you, are you sick? Call for the elders of the church and they're to pray over him. That's James 5 and verse uh, 13 and 14. So the idea is, yeah, sometimes it's spiritual needs. Sometimes it's physical needs. Most of the time you have some of both that you need. Yeah. And we ought to learn to appreciate and learn to pray for, for all of that. And I even think that James passage, I forgot about that, but that's a perfect example. You and I both have probably been in Bible studies or discussions where people are like, okay, is the sickness here? Is it like physical sickness or is it a spiritual sickness? Which one is it? And my thought is maybe maybe we're not supposed to worry about that answer. Maybe the point is pray. Right. Whatever your problem is, just pray. Just and you are sick. You've got problems. And it may be your body's hurting. It may be your soul is hurting because of your sin. But either way, you need God to come in and to show up and do something. And so pray. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins and lead us. don't lead us into temptation. Right. All those things are really important. Um, and that needs to be a part of our prayers. And that demonstrates that, going back to that point you made earlier, that dependence on God as our Father. That's showing, hey, my whole life is anchored in you, and if you're not taking care of me, I'm a lost cause. Yeah. And if we appreciate God as 
our heavenly Father, as our holy Father, um, then we're gonna we're gonna learn we're gonna learn to and learn to love to come to and to approach Him in this way in prayer. And I think that's a big part of it. I think one of the things that hinders us from praying the way we ought to is what you spoke about that we just don't see God as our Father, as a loving Father, and we don't see Him as our heavenly Father. That is. This is no ordinary father. He not only does our father love us and want what's best for us, but he's our heavenly father. He's a holy father, which means he 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 knows what's best for us. He's not limited by a lack of knowledge or a lack of wisdom, and he's not limited by a lack of power. Um, he he knows what's best for us. He's able to do what's best for us, and he wants what's best for us. I mean, that's like the that's a that's an incredible combination to be able to approach him ought to be ought to be. Um, something to be able to approach him and pour out my heart to God and praise him and confess sin and thank him and ask for all the things that I need that ought to bring such peace knowing that I can take all my troubles to God cast them on him knowing that he's going to provide for me he's going to care for me yeah yeah, that's pretty amazing okay so just in terms of somebody sitting there like okay okay we're talking all kinds of prayer stuff you mentioned this kind of briefly um that there's a sort of method for prayer. Like if you're, if you're sitting down and trying to work on prayer more, you mentioned the ACTS, A-C-T-S, kind of an acronym. Can you just briefly kind of break that down again just to be clear to kind of explain to everybody, here's a way to approach your prayers and kind of structure your prayers if you're just trying to get into this discipline and the habit of praying. Sure. So um, so when, I, when I'm in the Word and, I'm, and I am reading something from Scripture, um, I like to use this acronym ACTS um, to let that time lead me into prayer. The A, the A stands for adoration, um, which, which is when I'm reading something, I want to find what can I praise God for? What, do, what have I learned here that leads me to adore God or to appreciate God more? And what can I say to God about that uh, that I've seen? Um, then, as I see God clearly in adoration, that should lead me into the C, confession, um, which is what sins have, be, have become aware to me or what things about my character or what I've done or how I've been living have become aware that I need to confess to God, um, which leads me into thanksgiving. Uh, the T stands for thanksgiving, um, in which I am saying, what can I be thankful for today? Um, and there are obviously a whole host of things. Learning gratitude is a really important part of, uh, of learning to be like the tax collector and appreciate uh, God's mercy, to be like uh, the... the uh, the leper in the last chapter mm-hmm. who came back to Jesus and, and was healed because of his faith. Um, but Thanksgiving, there's a whole lot of things to be thankful for. Most importantly, that ought to lead me to be thankful for what I have in Jesus. Sure. If, I'm in, if I'm in Christ, there's tremendous spiritual blessings that I have in Jesus that I need to be renewing my mind in prayer and thanking God for and remembering that and cherishing that. And that's important because that's going to help me when my prayers may seem delayed, that is, mm-hmm. when I'm asking God for things, the last uh, of, of the acts is the S, which stands for supplication. That is, what do I need to ask God for today? And sometimes those things I'm asking for, as we talked about earlier, don't get answered the way I might want uh, or, the, or and the timing that I want, or maybe not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, not at all. That my prayers never get answered. And what's going to help me uh, through that is knowing who God is, Adoration. Who I am. Confession. And what God has been doing for me. Thanksgiving. And that's going to help me to pray for the right things and to keep praying and not lose heart. To always pray and not lose heart. Which is the point of what all this has been about. And you mentioned this earlier. 
that story in Luke chapter 1, where there are these two old people who, no doubt years in the past, had begged God for a child. And he hadn't given it to them, but they hadn't lost heart. They hadn't given up on God. And much later, he answered that prayer in a powerful way to achieve his purposes, to bring his kingdom into the world. I just wanted to note one thing, and you might want to add something onto this before we wrap up here. But I think it's important if you're listening, and if you're not a disciple of Jesus, or maybe you're not even really seeking God that much, or maybe uh, you would call yourself a Christian, you go to church, but really ultimately your view is God is supposed to give me stuff. God is supposed to get me off the hook when I'm in trouble. You need to understand that prayer doesn't work like that. It's not like, oh, and people do this all the time. People who we know, who we talk to. Matter of fact, I think I saw you talking to somebody recently that was like this. Somebody who's like, oh, y'all pray for me. And we know, it's like, dude, well, you need to follow Jesus. Like, oh, I will pray for you, but you need to follow Jesus. The thing that distinguished Zacharias and Elizabeth, the first two characters that are introduced in the story of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, it says in verse 6, they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, which is... Luke kind of calling back to some Old Testament language, which really is just a summation of people who are seeking God. They're looking for God. Not looking for God to give them stuff. They're looking for God. Right. So if you want your prayers to count, you've got to seek God and see prayer as part of your path in seeking God, not as just some magical thing you're doing to get what you want. Yeah, which is why Jesus says uh, in Luke 11, at the end of that discussion about prayer, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Really, the greatest gift that God could offer us and answer in our prayers is the gift of God Himself. And that is the purpose of prayer, to get me in line with the will of God so that I can have a relationship with God. It's not about I'm praying just to try to change God's mind and give me things, that, give, me, give me what I want. Prayer is really about getting in line with who God is and seeing Him for as, as He is so that I get myself in line with His will. So if you're listening right now and you need some help seeking God, getting in, maybe you don't even know what his will is. <laughs> None of us knew what his will was. We all needed some help to figure it out and to have somebody show us and teach us and understand it. Uh, if you want to follow after Jesus or if you just want to learn more about Jesus to understand what it would mean to follow him, especially if you're here in Brooklyn where we can meet you face-to-face and sit down. But even if not, you can contact us again on our website, thewaybk.com, or on Facebook, our Facebook page, The Way BK. We'd love to help you out. Um, people have helped us out and are still helping us out every day to know Jesus better and to follow him so that he will hear us and so that the prayers that we offer aren't just words that we're saying into the sky, but it's our opening up our hearts to God in uh, pursuit of him so that he can change our lives. We'd love to help you with that. If there's anything we can do, let us know. Thanks for listening. This was great. We'll check you next time here on The Way BK.